Hey, I'm thankful that I get to be with you this morning, uh, and thank you for joining us, whether online or here on campus. We're glad to have you. And just to kind of catch us up and be on the same page, uh, the last couple of weeks we've been in a sermon series where we're talking about who we are as a church. Uh, so we started with the idea of talking about we are here to boldly bring hope to folks by loving God, loving people, and bringing the two together. And then we jumped into our core values, uh, started with the biblical authority, our desire to reach all people, and then to be culturally relevant as we do so. Today, uh, we're going to talk about the idea of uh, spirit-led prayer, or as we'll see from scripture, the idea of praying in the spirit. And what I love is this is so much more than just an organization's core value. This is actually an incredible experience that we get to be a part of, of followers of Jesus Christ, as part of his body, the church. Um, the, I, on every Thursday morning, I meet with some accountability guys, and we go through a list of questions that are actually in those blue The Way journals that we have. Some of you have grabbed those at our welcome desk before. There are also uh, The accountability questions are also on our UCC Hub app um, under resources, accountability questions, and we snag those questions from a guy named John Wesley. The third question that we ask every week that's in that list, and we also encourage our life group leaders to ask those every week as you get together, is this. How have you seen God at work this week? And I love that question because what we're trying to do is to get ourselves to pay attention to what happens in our day-to-day -day lives and recognize, like the, the folks have said earlier, that God is still alive and active in our lives on a day-to-day -day basis. And so this week, when I sat down on Thursday morning with, uh, with my accountability partners, here's, I had a list of things I wanted to share with them, but the first one was this. Uh, Tuesday was a pretty challenging day for me this past week. It was kind of like... Uh, relationally and some stuff at work and some stuff with some friends and stuff with family. It was just a really challenging day for me. And so I went to bed on Tuesday night a little bit discouraged. And when I woke up in the morning, uh, I had a text on my phone. It said, it, it was from a guy, a friend of mine that I haven't heard from in over a year and a half. And so he texted me out of the blue. He's like, hey, John, I hope this is still your number. Last night, uh, God told me I should pray for you. And then he told me I should text you and tell you that he loves you like a son, and that he takes great delight in joining you. And so this was really powerful for me because as I heard this message from a friend I hadn't spoken to in a year and a half, I was like, this is so cool that God cares enough about my life and what's happening on a day-to-day -day basis that he would encourage and speak through someone else to get them to pray for me and then tell me what they prayed for me, and the timing was impeccable. And so that's what we're going to be talking about this morning, this idea that, that praying in the Spirit is really praying a specific thing at a specific time, being led by the Spirit of God, and watching what happens when we do that, because God has an incredible plan. So here's what I would like us to do to start off with. I would like you to share with the people that are to your left and to your right, would you tell them about a time in your life when God told someone else to pray for you or to say something to you, and it seemed like it was the perfect timing. Or maybe you're on the flip side of that story and you can share of a time in your life when God told you to pray specifically for someone or go and talk to them and when you did, you realized that it was perfectly God's timing, okay? Make sense? All right, on your marks, get set. You get 23 seconds. Not a lot of time. We have a short service, so you got to go fast. Don't be long-witted. Ready, set, share. All right, so I got to cut you off. Sorry. Sorry. I love that you're talking and sharing how you've been seeing God move and some cool timing things in your life. That's just outstanding. So like I told you, I had three or four of these things happen this week. 
just different people sharing uh, with me what they'd been praying. And so again, it was so encouraging and so affirming to know that other people in my life were praying for me and coming and talking to me at just the right time was so cool. Another time that I wanted to share with you was uh, my family used to live overseas. We lived in an Arab country. We were serving as missionaries. And this thing called the Arab Spring broke out, which was basically like a revolution in this country. And so for, there was a week of fighting in the, in the country. And we lived in the capital. So there's like, you know, tanks and helicopters and people shooting guns and stuff. I'm a big sissy. So this kind of stuff stresses me out big time. I don't like this happening. And so it was like every night when it got dark, the fighting would break out, and I hated my life for a whole week. I just hated it because uh, I had a wife and little kids in my house. And so it was really neat because some of the people on our prayer team, one of them was a farmer guy. So he was in the Midwest, and it was late afternoon, which the time difference was about middle of night our time when all this stuff was going down. And he told me the next day, he's like, look, I just felt last night that I should pray for you guys and for you guys to be safe. And that meant so much to me. Because God, again, he moved on my behalf and he gave this person a specific word to pray and a specific thing to pray. And I believe it's because he was listening. And so even though there were people right in front of my house, my family was safe. And this is the kind of thing, this is the kind of prayer that we're talking about that we value so much. And so we're going to go to a letter called Ephesians. You don't have to go there yet. I'm going to talk a little bit about it before we actually read what he says. But it's written by a guy named Paul who was a church planner. And he would gather people. He would tell them who Jesus is, what Jesus has done, why he did it, invite people to follow him. Then he would gather them together in what we call churches. Then he would leave them uh, to go and to grow. And then he would go off and start new churches like this. And so he's writing this letter to the Ephesians. Uh, we call it a book. And there's six chapters. And he goes goes through a handful of things as he's talking. There's this old pastor, old meaning he's not alive anymore, but uh, he talked about the book of Ephesians and he wrote a little introduction and I think he says it best. He says that the book of Ephesians is really about the discord between what we say we believe about God and then the way that we live our life out and how they don't connect. And so he says, uh, this guy Eugene Peterson, he says, so what Paul does is he serves as a, as a, a surgeon and he takes this broken bone the disconnect between what we say we believe about God and the way we live our lives, and he begins to set them back together. And the way that he does that is in the first couple chapters of this letter, as he begins to tell people, this is who God is, this is what he is like, this is the plan and the pleasure that he takes out of involving you, his church, his people, and this whole thing. And so that's what we believe about God, and he explains it much better, so you should read this whole letter. It's only six chapters long. And then he starts talking about the way that we live our life. And the thing that he starts talking about is, is, is significant to me, and I think we should pay attention because he starts talking about relationships. He starts talking about marriage. He starts talking about parenting. He starts talking about people who have power and money and authority and the relationship with people that don't. And then he closes up his letter he says, here's some final words for you. And I, this part's not going to be on the screen. It's not on the bulletin. I don't want you to try to look at it. Just listen for just a second. He says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly realms. But if you will stand firm, you will be able to resist all of the devil's strategies. 
So if you're kind of new to the church idea, to the God idea, and you get here this morning and you hear this guy talking about spirits and dark forces, you might jump to the conclusion that I'm a little bit of a whack job. And that wouldn't be too far off the truth. However, if you are here this morning and you're a part of our church, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, and like UCC, you believe that the word of God has authority, then you need to understand that the writers who wrote and the King Jesus that they wrote about all believe that there's a spiritual realm that has strategies to tear us apart. Because they understood the significance of the spiritual realm. And that spiritual realm understands that if they can get God's people distracted, if they can get God's people to fight, if they can get God's people to think that our battle, our struggle is with each other or other human beings, then we will not pay attention to our creator. And we will not give glory and honor to the one person who deserves it. So even if you don't believe about the spiritual realm, would you at least consider that there are strategies that are being used in your life? If you're a married person, think about the things in your marriage that cause conflict and strife. If you're a parent, think about the things in your relationship with your children that cause conflict and strife and disunity. If you go to work, you go to school. Think about the things that cause conflict in your peers' relationships and your relationships with those in authority over you. And isn't it easy to think that our battle is against or with other human beings? And Paul wants us to desperately understand that it is not. That there are things that we cannot see and forces that we do not understand that are desperate to get us distracted by fighting with each other. And then Paul goes on to explain this thing called the armor of God. And some of you are probably familiar with this. We're not going to look at all this because uh, it's not the point of the day, but he begins to talk about the belt of truth. He talks about the helmet of salvation. He talks about the breastplate or the body armor that comes from God's righteousness. He talks about our feet being fitted ready with the good news of Jesus Christ, which brings peace into our life. And then he says this, this last one he talks about is the one that I really want to focus on before we jump into today's verses. He says, and then take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The word of God. So today's word is word. So here's what's cool. In Ephesians, when he says the word of God, which is the sword of the, the, sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, he uses the Greek word rhema. And the Greek word rhema means this. It is a timely, perfectly timed word. And it infers that it's a word from God. So going back to my beginning illustrations and the things you shared with other people, there are times in our life when the Spirit wants to remind us of what God has said, when he wants to help us to know how to do battle with forces that we do not understand and that we cannot see, and he gives us the right word at the right time, whether to pray that word or to remember that word. If you remember in Matthew chapter 4, Jesus was in the desert. He was being tempted by Satan himself. When he tempted Jesus, what he did is he used the word of God against Jesus. He used Jesus' identity against him. And so he took words 
And he began to speak them and to use them against Jesus to try to confuse him about his identity and what God really says. And the same thing still happens today to us. And so Paul is saying, you must know the word of God and you must trust that at the right time, the Holy Spirit will tell you what to say and then you pray in the spirit on that occasion. And that is how you will do battle. And Jesus said the very same thing when he sent out his disciples. He's like, look, you're going to be arrested and taken between, uh, before leaders because of me. And when you do, don't be afraid and don't be worried about what you're supposed to say. Because you will be given the words. You will be given rhema at the exact time. It's a cool thing that God does because in John he talks about in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He uses the word logos or logos there and that means the logic. So all of God... Everything that he encompassed was, was brought to us in the bodily form of Jesus Christ. That's the logos. And then there's the graphe, which is the written word of God. And then there's the rhema, which is the timely spoken word of God. And when we pray in the spirit, he gives us the thing to pray so that we can do battle. So here's what Paul says. This part's on the screen. And so this is what he says right there. This is 6, 18 through 20. Pray in the spirit on all times and on every occasion. Stay alert. Be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. And pray for me too. Because I am in chains now, still preaching this message as God's ambassador. So pray that I will keep on speaking boldly for him as I should. So here's the main point we want you to get this morning coming from Paul. It simply says this, that Paul believes that prayer is an essential part of the health of the church and the gospel's proclamation throughout the world. It's an essential part of us being healthy as a church. And it's a central part of the gospel being proclaimed throughout the world. So here's the application. It comes straight from Ephesians 6. It says this, pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. So again, that idea of praying in the spirit is not just coming with what we think is best or just a wish list, but it's an, the idea that we are praying in, in, in unity and conformity and in alignment with what God has said. And so rather than me talk about this a whole bunch this morning, what we're going to do is we're going to take some time to do this. And so in just a moment, I want you to get into groups of two to four, and we're just going to go through a guided prayer time. We're going to pray over four different things, and we're going to pray out loud and pray together so we can experience uh, praying in the Spirit together. So this morning, again, if you're an introvert like me, I'm sorry. I hate this kind of stuff, but I'm going to participate. I'm going to get down there and pray with people too. I hate it. But if you're here this morning, you're like, you know what? I actually need to pray on my own. I'm going to trust you to know what God's telling you to do, and so you just do that. So here's the first one that's going to come on the screen. Uh, this is the section of praise. We're just going to praise God. This is from our reading this week, Psalm 24. So as we start, if in your group you don't know what to do to praise God, just read that out loud. And it's a great way to pray because, again, you're praying the written word of God. It's a powerful thing. So if you would, and then when you're done uh, with that part, just take a couple minutes and tell God things that you think are great about him or things you like about him, things you think are cool. Okay, so we're just going to take a couple minutes and do this, uh, get in little groups, two to four, turn around in your seats, uh, and go ahead and pray, and then I'll transition us into the next section.
Jesus, we do think you're amazing. You're a great God and a great dad. Thank you so much for loving us the way that you do. Uh, next, we're going to move into a time of, like, confession. So obviously, use some discretion on what you want to confess out loud. Uh, that's totally up to you. But here's a cool verse. Again, so who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? The one who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not trust in an idol or swear by a false god. So if you, if nothing else, if you would take turns praying out loud in your group, that you would ask God to give us clean hands and pure hearts. And then if there are things that you want to pray uh, privately to the Lord, go ahead and do that. So again, just take a couple of minutes, minutes and, and pray in your groups. Jesus, would you please help us to be a church that puts you first? And uh, please show us if there's anything in our way of getting back to you and being the people you've made us to be. Our next section is going to come from Ephesians 6.18, where it just says, pray for all the believers everywhere. So at this time, we just pray out loud uh, for people that you know and whatever they might need, just whoever God brings to your heart, start praying for those guys.
dead, we want to pray for those who are struggling in their families uh, to find love and to believe love. We want to pray for those who have lost loved ones this week. Uh, would you please comfort them and help them to be aware of your peace and your presence? Uh, this last section is when Paul starts asking that the people would pray for him to have that rhema, that timely word as he shares the gospel with people, explaining that it's for all people. And so we're going to combine two things in one. Would you please spend some time praying for missionaries who are taking the gospel to places that have never heard it? So think through PBT like Nathan was sharing this morning and just start praying for missionaries that we partner with, Pioneer Bible Translators, or maybe some missionary friends that you know. Would you just pray for them? Then also, would you take some time, as written, would you pray for yourself and for specific people that you know that you would have an opportunity to share the gospel with them or to share your testimony? give thanks that you are here with us in this place. God, we pray that we can open up our eyes to how you are working in our own lives, that we can see beyond the mere coincidence and that you are working things together for the good of those people who call you Lord and who love you. And Lord, we just pray that we, that we can truly cry out to you to spend time talking with you, listening to you, reading your we just pray that through these acts of submission, these acts of faith, that we
we continue to see you working in mighty ways. Lord, these things we pray in your name.